0: spiritual breath Spiritual breath is a form created to try to encourage you enlighten you and strengthen you on the things of God not trying to persuade you to see things as I do just have you to look at the word of God come up with your own opinion and see if what I'm sharing makes sense and if it makes sense you seek the mind of God to see if this is what he has for you to say and does this help you it's my prayer that it does with that being said you can follow me in 1st King chapter 18 41 through 45 And we're going to be dealing with recalibrating your faith. Recalibrating your faith. Recalibrating in this term that I'm using is to refresh, to kickstart, or to reset. So this thing, you're resetting yourself to increase your faith. You're kickstarting your faith. Or you're just resetting the situation so that you can improve on your faith. So here we see in verse 41 from the King James Version, Elijah said to Ahab, Get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand there are multiple things happening in that very first verse that I just read. The first thing is that Elijah said to Ahab, right from that very start, there is an established order. There is some instructions that is given out and Ahab has to be willing to believe that the person that is given the instruction he has given authority to him and he respects what he says from that point on it says get thee up eat and drink so the instruction was not to lay there but yet get up and find something to eat in other words get up and get your strength together because the next verse says for there is a sound of abundance of rain The part that most of us missed in reading this this segment over and over, you all that are scholars have read this, but the key word says there is a sound of abundance of rain. The key word in there is a sound. We all jump to the end of the story where the rain manifests, but we have to understand there's a preparation before the rain. So what we see here is in this message, uh, Elijah is telling Ahab, that you need to prepare for a sound. I want y'all to understand, before any movement, there is a sound. Whenever God is about to do something, believe you me, there is a sound. You can go to Acts 1, uh, Acts. I'm sorry, Acts 2, and you can start from verse 1 to verse 5. And the first verse that comes out, it says, and when the day of Pentecost, was fully come, they were all on one accord in one place." I I want y'all to get an understanding of the word Pentecost. See a lot of times we read things, but we don't do in an investigation. We don't go back and research certain words. Pentecost there represented a movement, in other words, this was a disbursement of the Holy Ghost that was given to the disciples prior to uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ ascending to heaven. So in other words, Pentecost only came when the 11 disciples had received the Holy Ghost. You know, if you go back to John 20, you will see that Jesus breathed on 10 of them. But he said that Thomas wasn't there. But when Thomas came, he told him, reach thy hither in. And then he told him, he said, pray for those who have yet to see, but believe. So in other words, there was a lot of messages going on, but when you see that, that, that come together as one then you could see that he recited to him in in chapter one of acts told him go up into the upper room and he spent uh 40 days teaching them kingdom they was teaching on the part of preparation for when they all come together when all the believers come and all of them are seeking come together on one accord they will begin to do something the bible says in sticking in acts uh 2 and and I think it's verse 2. You said it says, suddenly came a sound. There that word again, a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It says a sound. It didn't say they felt the breeze, and it said that they weren't engulfed by movement of wind. They said they heard a sound and they have all got together and say, but they know exactly where the sound came from. The sound came from heaven. And here we're seeing back with uh King uh first King 18. And 41, you will see that uh, Elijah was telling Ahab the same thing that Jesus and the disciples were telling uh, the followers, that there will be a sound, and and they all have identified that the sound came from heaven, And, and when they heard the sound, sticking down back to Acts 2 and probably 3 and 4, you will see that then they say that they seen something appear like tongues clothed with fire. I want y'all to understand in your spiritual eyes and your spiritual ears, before God moves, he has to make sure that you understand who is talking to you. You got to understand that you're hearing the voice of God because the Bible says that He said, a stranger, he said, my sheep knows my voice and a stranger they will not hearken to. I'm here to tell you that if you were a child of God, you know, when God is calling you, you know, when God is talking to you and anytime God is about to do something, he's going to warn you. He's going to let you know that there is a movement. You will feel it either in your spiritual man or you will hear it in your ears or through meditation, through the word of God or through a person of encouragement. But I'm here to tell you before God begins to do something, you're going to identify there is a sound of change. There is something in your body to tell you to prepare for something great to happen. It's something that is going to stimulate you, stir you up and to have you ready to push forward, having you to look all around. But the first thing you have to understand, but before you can hear a sound, God has to clear your ears. He has to make sure that your hearing is intact. And the only way you can do that is make sure that your hope and faith is, is stand fast in God. You got to make sure that you have been delivered, you've been set free, and you're humbling yourself under God for, for the fixing and, and for the cleansing and the purification that is needed in this hour. You have to put yourself in a place where you're surrendering all to God. And only then and only when he accepts your sincere prayer and request that he will come in and filter that thing and cleanse you so that you will be able to hear when he speaks. Thanks. I'm here to tell you that majority of the people that we interact with right now have a problem understanding God's voice, and it's okay because a lot of people do not have or have not received the Holy Ghost. They have went with the permission that they are saved, and I understand there's a great distance between save and salvation. I want y'all to know, and if we haven't taught you as of yet, let me explain to you. Just because you're confessing, there's some more to it. You have to do some repentance, and some deliverance. But because you're saying that you're saved and you believe in Jesus Christ who died on the and raised up on the third day with all power, that is a great start. And I'm telling you, that's when the Holy Ghost begins to tug on you, to knock on you. He's and banging on the door as in Revelation 3, 20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking, waiting for you open and invite him in fully where he can begin to cleanse and purify you. He can set you apart from the things that have been antagonizing you, those things that has been pressing you. I'm here to tell you, if you will get, go that one step further and let the Holy Ghost rest and rule in you, then the Holy Ghost can go ahead and take charge. It can go ahead and begin to order your steps. It can begin to guide you into all truth. It can do what it's required, required to do. In other words, when it comes in, you will understand what they mean by Luke 3 and 16. When he says the shoes that who comes behind me, I cannot tie, but he will baptize you in the in the Holy Ghost and fire. See, there's a two part in there. It's a italicized word and in between that because it's telling that was a filler because you had to understand what the writer really meant was that he will baptize you in fire not baptize you and fire holy ghost and fire if although there's two different dispositions of what i'm sharing i want you to understand today when he said i'll baptize you that means baptizing the holy ghost in the wisdom and the knowledge of god but then under the fire the one that purifies you and breaks all the yoke so two different things happen and the word and uh, and in between holy ghost and fire represent just that that there is a distance, there is some transition there is some more work that needs to be done before you can get the full uh, purification that is needed for you to continue on and to strive. Let's go back to uh, 1st King 18 and in verse 42 and so Ahab went up and ate and drank and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel Uh, Carmel, And he sat, cast himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. Here we go again. Ahab did not just sit there, but he followed the instructions of the man of God. The problem that we're having, ladies and gentlemen, is most of you all don't want to follow the instructions of the leaders that You have selected to be over you. You have said that this is the person that you believe has been called by God or ordered by God for the betterment and the building of your spiritual relationship. You don't want to adhere to their instructions because it's an uncomfortable place. Because if they tell you something that doesn't line up with what you want, you reject it. But let me tell you something, most of us will agree there are times when God will be moving and it's not a comfortable place to be in but you got to believe that all things are working together for your good. You got to believe that God has put this person in your place to help you along the way. Now, if Paul said, Don't follow me, but follow me as I follow Christ, if that person is following Christ and you deem him or her to be the significant factor in your spiritual walk, then why would you turn a deaf ear to them? I'm just saying, but if I were you and I know this to be a man or woman of God who has led me only to the kingdom, has led me to the altar, has led me into repentance, has led me into forgiveness, his is teaching me sound doctrine where i can follow in the king james and new niv whatever version you use but it is script by script and your spirit bear witness to it why would you turn a deaf ear to them but ahem being a wise man say hey I'm going to get up and I'm going to eat. And why he was eating up and the man of God, Elijah, had another task. He had another assignment because he spoke something into existence and he had to go and put in the work. What am I saying here? He recalibrated his faith because he knows the God that he served is able to do exceedingly and abundant beyond all things because he has bear witness to him using him to touch the masses, stop the rain coming, and now he knows that God has him to restart the rain. He's going going up to the top of the mountain to deal with what needs to be dealt. And the thing that you see that Elijah did, the Bible said that he put his head between his knees. That tells me that he was in a prostate position, that he was humbling himself, showing loyalty and respect to the kings of kings and the lords of lords. And he was there praying or seeking God's face or meditation. I don't know, but spiritually, I believe that he was connecting back with the source that gave him his power. and why he was doing that he told the servant he said servant i need you to go up to the top of the mountain. And, and, and I need you to go up there seven times. Now I can understand Ahab and I can understand Elijah, but if I was looking at the servant, it, this would be something that would be challenging to me. To go up a, a hill or mountain seven times and not truly knowing what I'm going to do. The Bible says he went up there and he, he came back and say he sees nothing. Verse 4 uh verse 43 says, And he said to the servant, Go up now and t- look towards the sea, and when And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. I want you to know right now, if most of us were told to go up there seven times to walk up a mountain, not knowing what the longest distance or shorter distance it was, but to go up on the first time and then come all the way back down and tell him that you didn't see anything, he gonna tell you to go six more times. I don't know. Some of us might've been a little slow with that movement. Now the Bible doesn't say how long it took him to go up and down, but it just said he went up there seven times. I'm sitting here trying to think. If I went up the first time and I'm trusting in the man of God, I'm going up there expecting. And I go up and I don't see nothing. Yeah, I might be a little disappointed. But when I came back and gave him the news, when he said go up on go up seven times, I should have got excited. I should begin to just celebrate God every time I go up and down because I knew without a doubt something was going to happen on the seventh time. Y'all ain't talking to me like I want you to speak. But you got to believe that you went up there, or they went up there, or all of us went up there several times. But when the man of God said, But on the seventh time, you're gonna see something. I want you to know that that was a prophetic word for all of us. We may be going through right now, but we have to believe when we hear the sound, shortly thereafter, there's gonna be a movement. Shortly thereafter, there's gonna be a visual presentation of God's power over our life and, 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 and the things that we are seeking for. I don't care where you are stumped at, I don't care where you may look at it, but if you can go and look at this passage, the Bible said that the man of God said to the servant, He said, On the seventh time you'll see something. And and verse uh, verse 44 says, And it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, Behold, there was arise that a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he told him, he said, Go, say unto Ahab, prepare your chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. In other words, I want y'all to know that when the man of God, the servant, came back, he went up on the top of the hill. He looked and he looked to the distance and for the first time he seen something amazing. So that tells me he had to go quite a distance up because he had to look towards the sea and he had to identify that in the distance was a cloud the size of a man's hand. So that tells me that he had to see quite a ways off. But who knows uh, what he was thinking. But for you and I sometimes it may, may not appear the way that you want it to appear but if you keep looking by and by you will see something that that lines up in your spirit to let you know that your blessing is on the way let you know that your your efforts have not been in vain and here this servant has went up and quickly came down and reported to the man of God said I seen a storm, a cloud the size of a man hand and with that being said now it's time to be a blessing to Ahab he told him he said you go down and you tell Ahab get his chariot And get down out of this this hill before the rain overcomes you. So in other words, the very thing that he started off speaking with when it was a sound, he told them there was a sound of an abundance of rain. In other words, he was telling them that your blessing is about to shower down on you. Your blessing is about to come and you need to move so you can capture all the blessing that is stored up for you. You got to get out of the way so that it can come to you. And (coughs) excuse me. In other words, what we're seeing now is God is prepared to shower us with many blessings, but we have to rejuvenate, we have to recalibrate our faith. We have to get ourselves in a place where we can know that we're stuck stand fast in the things of God. We have to believe in the people that God has sent before us to lead us. We got to believe in our relationship that we have established with God. We have to believe in the connection and, and and we have to do whatever needed to make sure we stay in God's perfect place. We can no longer lean to our own understanding. We got to trust in the things of God, we got to see how he speaks to us, either in the word, through revelation, through people, through songs, whatever it has to be, we got to now tune ourselves in that we will be able to hear what the Lord is saying in this hour, no longer waiting on people to give it to us, we have to bring a harmony between our ears and our spiritual man to know when God is about to move, and once we get that, that signal, we hear that identifying mark, that that rumble in our ear, we got to begin to become visional, and begin to look out and look for things happening. We need to begin to look to the north, the south, the east and the west and watch what God is doing. We got to be able to see it when it comes. Don't forsake small beginnings. Stop looking for the grand things. Look for the small things because those small things bring a lot. And here we're seeing here where they were looking for something amazing and it was something the size of a man's hand that brought abundance of rain. So I'm saying to you, there is a small movement that's going to be catastrophic in your life that's going to help you to exceed to the next level. Now, the problem is you may not want to receive it because you're stuck and fixated on things coming in the way that you wanted to come. But I'm here to tell you God is going to do it the way that he sees fit. And you just need to be humble enough to receive it when it comes. So let's pause there. In order for these things to happen for you, you have to understand it's going to take your faith, your belief, and your hope in God. You're going to have to fully trust in him. You can't be leaning to your own understanding. You can't say one minute you're going to serve God and next you're going to try to get it from man. You got to be sold out for God. I'm not saying God won't use man to be a blessing, but you got to make sure that it's coming from God. Ain't nobody asking you to give God a helping hand. You don't have to be these baby Jesus. If you know that God said he's going to do it You got to stand flat foot on that And believe it and stand firm Don't be wavering the Bible says you have not Because you ask not you got to begin to Ask God with a sincere heart The Bible says you can get anything that You ask as long as you don't doubt And the problem is the devil has Convinced you to doubt God And you got to change that you got To say God I forgive me for the Mistakes I made in the past but moving forward I need you to teach me how to stand, Stand fast in you believing in you even the more. I need to understand how you're moving in this hour. Show me how to get closer. Show me how I won't be so easily persuaded by the adversary. Teach me his tricks and his talents. But God, when you show me his ways, let me remind him of his assignment. Let me tell him that when he's found out that he need to bless me sevenfold, even it means emptying out of his house, let him know that he's under my foot. You got to begin to let the word move through you. Hide it in your heart that you won't sin against it. You got to begin to ask God to encamp his angels into you to encourage you, to minister to you, to teach you. Ask God how to bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. Ask God to show you what he has for you. Teach teach you his purpose and his destiny for your life. And that you will put you around people that will help you and encourage you and strengthen you. Not be around people that will pull you down. Put you around godly people with godly purpose. People that understand your movement, your, your striving, and where you're trying to get. That won't just be there, but be there as a helper to encourage you. Seek out God for yourself and start relying on what people tell you. Listen to what they say. Take it to God. If it bears truth, then it will manifest. But if not, move on. So many of y'all get stuck on what people are telling you that you keep missing your purpose. You stop missing your destiny. You're better than this. So hopefully what I said to you encouraged you to make a stance. To look at this word and see how you can apply it. This is what spiritual breath is is all about. If anything, I, I took it from Ezekiel 37 when he The prophet was told to breathe or command the the winds to, to breathe on those people that were hopeless. That all hope was gone I believe the spiritual breath is dead it's more than just a breath it's a trumpet being blown of changes coming from the four winds it's blowing a change of understanding it's teaching us not just to be traditional saints but we're teaching you to be kingdom minded I would love to spend more time teaching you about kingdom purpose kingdom principles and kingdom studies and this is the only way that I can get it done so I want you to tune in subscribe to this network Hey, hit me up at ApostleJTJohnson at uh, gmail.com. Hit me up. Let me know some comments, some stuff you wanted me to talk about. I'm with you. And if you're in the South Florida area, come see me at my church. Come sit with me. Come talk with me. Hit that email, ApostleJTJohnson at gmail.com. Sit there and ask me some information. I'll give you where my church is at. I'll tell you my services. Come out and hang out. And if not, share this message with somebody else. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to hear. Give me a topic. I'll have no problem doing some research and teaching. I'll make a show. If not, then we can coordinate in other ways. I got plenty of ways to reach out to you. We can do whatever it takes to get you straight. With that being said, now, I may have encouraged you. I may have inspired you. But that's all great for you. But that one that's listening to this podcast that is not saved, that is straddling the fence, that is siding if they're here or there, let me talk to you. Listen. Life is extremely short. And I don't know where you see yourself when this all comes to an end. I don't know if you have a relationship that you think is fixated with God. Or you would like to establish one with God. Or wherever it's connected. But if you would like to take a chance with God. All you have to do is ask these few things. Just say whatever your name is. Lord, I am a sinner. And I know that I've come short of your glory, but today I want to make right. I want to repent for all my things that I've done that went against your will, all sinful practice, all sinful purposes. God, I want to be your child. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and you raised up on the third day with all power and you have offered me the gift of eternal life and I want to take advantage of it. Lord, cleanse me and purify me from all my wrongs. But today, let me be chosen as your child. Let me forever be saying that I am a saved individual. For God, all I want is you. I don't know what all that may be, but what I do know is that what I do have, I want you to have, and I want to serve you and only you. Now, if you said that, it's simple. Congratulations. We clap hands with you. We put our arms around you, and we love you. But there's more to it. I would ask you this. If you did decide to this, congratulations. Tell somebody that you know that teach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Go tell them that it was a day such as this. And you listened to a podcast and you felt compelled to give your life to Christ and you did so, that you can go with them and they can encourage you and help you to get the connection, the bridge that we all need. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. That in itself will keep you from falling into the traps of the adversary. That in itself will make you knowledgeable the things of God. That in itself will be a keeper, a comforter securing you that you will continue to strive and to get closer to God. It will be the bridge between you and God and Jesus. This is what you need, and this is going to make your life so much easier. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be an easy trend, but I tell you one thing you will know, you will have the peace. The Bible says, the peace I give you, the world will not, cannot give. And then he said, the peace I give you surpasses all understanding. That peace is what's going to carry you through the storms of life. And the one thing you know, if anything happened to you, you got eternal life with him, and that in itself is just priceless. So if you did, congratulations, please. Hit me up on my email. Let me know that I said something to inspire you to give your life to Christ. And if you can't find a church home, you can't find someone that could encourage you, please hit me up on that email address. Again, ApostleJTJohnson at gmail.com. And I will do all that I can to encourage you and try to find a place where someone can, can teach you and guide you. But if they can't, I will do all that I can for whatever streamlines means I can. I'll be there for you to help you. Listen, I'm happy for all of you all. Even if you're saved and you're going through things, I'm here to help. You need a prayer, you need some encouragement, hit the email address. But keep tuning into this podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, subscribe now. Make sure you go back and visit all the rest of the podcast numbers, uh, messages that I have. You might find one of them that will inspire you and encourage you. And if you need some, some extra stimulation of encouragement, just uh, of how your day-to-day, go check out my other uh, podcast. I have one called Feeding the Thought, where it's to help you look at things, a different perspective in your mind, and how you interact with things. And then the other one, Let's Get It, where it motivates you to gain empowered, to go and do whatever you set your mind to. All these things is just trying to make you stronger you. With that being said, hey, you have a blessed one. Look forward to talking to you. Tune in. Share this with somebody else because you never know this one nugget may help somebody to live on for another day.